All right. Hi, everybody. It's our CFB Talk 129. It's Tuesday night. It's the off season. We always enjoy hearing from you on evenings like this. So if you'd like to join us and be part of the conversation, feel free to hit request. That's in the bottom left of the Twitter app, assuming everything's working a-okay. But my name's Bob Akayeri, and again, this is kind of a nice time for us to sort of chat about what's going on in college football as well as um, sort of the headlines that are going on. It's the off-season, but things keep churning. There's lots of things going on. Obviously, we have a new NCAA president who's been, I mean, previously announced, but he was in the news in the past week and a half talking about what he plans to do in the first hundred days of taking over the NCAA, because he was former governor of Massachusetts, Governor Baker, he's going to be taking it over. Uh, one of the things he said is he wants to address NIL. And I guess, he, I mean, it's interesting because he hasn't obviously taken the position fully yet. And it's the first hundred days he's planning to meet with, you know, all, I think it's quite literally a hundred conference commissioners and and kind of get a lay of the land. But the one thing he said he kept hearing about were NIL deals and trying to make them a little more transparent for players and families. And I think maybe that's something that'll be desirable as things move on. But that was one of the kind of the overarching things that I've been reading about in addition to all the other college football news. And we'll review some of that. But again, if there's topics you specifically would like to talk about and we'd like to hear your voice, hit request. I'd love to hear from you. In fact, it looks like we got someone who uh oh whoops it appeared and vanished oh that's annoying but again if you'd like to join just hit request i'll let you up and we can we can have a chat so again um i'm kind of looking into some oh hey i see thack oh well i can't wait to hear from you let's go ahead and let you up thack how are you hey man hey y'all need uh y'all need to request her speaker voice uh man it's a good time up here uh Thankful to the uh, the host for uh, having me, man, uh, on uh, week and week talking about nothing. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, it's the off season. But, uh, There's lots of nothing to talk about. I mean, well, man, I just I, I just really want to know the teams closest to a Waffle House and the probability of them winning a national championship uh, based on the distance. That's what I really want to know. <laughs> Cla- classic offseason chatter right there. You know, I, I do want to ask you, though, I mean, I'm not sure if you saw because I know you're a big Mizzou fan yourself. There were some reports about I know Ross Dellinger kind of put out who the potential permanent opponents are going to be for each team and i'm yeah you, uh, yeah man i i did see that and uh somehow uh i wasn't going to say it anywhere on the message boards but somehow i think missouri walked out with quite possibly the biggest cupcake schedule uh in uh in in that uh in that proposal i mean if this is true shout out dellinger but uh if that's true man if that holds um that's pretty sweet man Uh, you know you got to look at oklahoma is probably the strongest opponent there uh, yeah certainly and And uh, then the other two are arkansas and vandy and you know anyone who's pulling vandy (laughs) as a permanent opponent in tennessee included obviously as a rival but i mean that that seemed to make oh, it a yeah. sweeter deal. Auburn's the other team. Uh, it looks like Auburn's the third team that that pulled Vandy as their uh, as their permanent opponent, yeah. potentially. And, and well, it, here's the, here's the real question though: Is Oklahoma the same without Lincoln Riley 
that that's going to be the biggest question, especially for Oklahoma football. And it's something that I'm going to be interested in following. It's, you know, what they went uh, six and six regular season last year. Is that, is that right? Or about that? Yeah. I mean, they definitely had a down year and, and it was, they kind of seemed to pick up steam as it went along, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, they went six and seven. Oh, uh, you know, as all things said and done, you know, that was a pretty abrupt departure for them with when Lincoln bailed and, and took, you know, certainly, yeah, you know, went a quarterback with him. So yeah, it will be interesting. I think this is going to be an interesting year to see how well Oklahoma bounces back from that, you know, what was a chaotic season to begin with. And we'll see. Well, I, mm-hmm. they, they've obviously got the NIL money and the, the recruiting is going to be there, be there for a while. It, it, it's something that I'm interested in following. But uh, as of 2023, I think we accidentally just pulled quite possibly the uh, the biggest cupcake permanent opponents uh, as of yet. Oklahoma kicked our ass in the Big 12 for – uh, the better part of two decades. Uh, so anytime Mizzou had a decent team, we'd get our kicked in by Oklahoma, except for 2010. Uh, but it, it, it'll feel nice. Uh, man, those suckers lost the peace pipe. We had a uh, we had a rivalry trophy, actually a pretty neat rivalry trophy. Uh, it was a it was a Chiefs uh, peace pipe from uh, from uh, you know probably 300 200 years old. I want to say and. Uh, Oklahoma had lost it in the 80s, and so uh, hopefully uh, something like that returns uh, maybe a reincarnation of that. Sometimes those get found. I remember it. Here's a funny one. The um, two different Pac-12 rivalry trophies got found like years later. One of them was a territorial cup between Arizona and Arizona State. It's like somebody just found this old, you know, it was nothing particularly fancy, but it was an old silver cup. But the best one that got discovered was the platypus trophy, which was a trophy that was, you know, the Oregon Ducks and uh, and the Oregon State Beavers, like this thing everyone knew about it, <laughs> and then suddenly someone found it again. So maybe that that old rivalry trophy will get found, you know, in somebody's closet. Uh, man, or... I'm, I'm hoping the last the last we heard is Oklahoma searched through the entire archives for it. Um, I think it was a, it had to been lost in the 80s or 90s, and Oklahoma searched through their entire archives for it, and they they couldn't come up with it. That was the last thing I heard. I think that was a Columbia Tribune uh, yeah. did a story about it in uh, in 2000. So hopefully it returns. But uh, also something interesting to talk about is is man, what is going to happen? I saw this post on the SEC rant today. Man, what is going to happen when the Texas and Oklahoma fans invade? The, uh, the SEC message boards, and I think it's going to be a complete and utter disaster and nightmare, already bigger so than uh, than the rant already is. <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be it'll be fun to watch the uh, the cross pollination of all those fan bases. Just one last thought, by the way, on these permanent opponents. Again, we can come back to it if anyone wants to talk. But we mentioned how again one of the reasons Mizzou got a good draw is one of their three proposed permanent opponents might be Vanderbilt. But the team that looked the most, the most a loser was actually also Auburn because they had, you know, Vanderbilt seemed to be their makeup uh, rival for also having Alabama and Georgia as their two, perm- two of their three permanent Brutal. rivals. Yeah, oof, exactly. So they, they, they're the ones that seem to be the most imbalanced in all of it. Again, we'll see. Ross, Ross Dellinger is obviously a great uh, reporter. He gets a lot of good scoops. So we'll see if these, these, um, actually pan out the way they do you know someone else wanted to join in the conversation pete peter spence what's up yeah hey guys young buck here uh i'm a sooner fan but i was born in 2000 so no memories of that peace pipe 
Uh, no memories of. Well, hey man, I was born in two thousand one, but uh, okay, the story's been passed down. So you know, I was born long, long before that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, I have no memories. Of You're not and, Yeah, no memories of national championships either, which uh, is is unusual for a Sooner fan older than me. Um, but yeah, really, just kind of here to wanted to hear your thoughts on next season. Uh, I'm an Oklahoma fan, so. Just as importantly, want to hear your thoughts on USC. Hopefully, you have some good, uh, good smack to talk to them. And yeah, that's about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's we're kind of like touching on it a little bit. And I think there's several things that we're going to want to know, kind of heading into that season with Oklahoma this year. I mean, I'm going to just, I have to. I, if you've heard us talk on numerous occasions, um, you may have heard I'm actually a USC fan, so it is kind of a uh, no. Yeah, so I, I do feel some serious guilt for uh, for what happened in, in all of that. But I think really this is going to be the year to see if Oklahoma can kind of, you know, bring it back together. Because Venables, that was such a huge hire. I mean, I, yeah. I, he still has that ability. So I don't want to say – I mean, he got, he got handed a really tough situation. I mean, uh, no one wants to be thrust into things like that. And – They've got a reasonable schedule to start out. The only weird one is, of course, that visit to Tulsa, which I'm not worried about Tulsa beating them, but that's like the one oddball. You know, it must have been some two-for-one deal. I haven't actually looked up how that, but sometimes, you know, they'll make a a two-for-one where a team will agree to play, especially when you get an uneven team like a a, a Oklahoma. They'll agree to host a team twice and then play there once. But playing at Cincy, right. that's going to be a tough one. I mean, they've got it, but it's not a terrible schedule. I mean, I think there's a real opportunity for Oklahoma to start to get its footing again. They've got the coaching talent without a doubt. They've got the ability to recruit and, and NIL without a doubt. But, I mean, I, I admit we'll see kind of as the spring pans out who seems to be the leaders there. Actually, I think I see a couple of other folks from – Oklahoma who want to uh, uh, actually oh sorry no 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 the, I, I thought someone had it oh, we'll get there we'll get to um, actually wow there's a lot of folks who want to join in so I'll go ahead and add you all up here but I mean we'll, we'll see so Peter what are your thoughts heading into uh, the spring right now for yeah I mean I'm I'm hoping for like a, a nine win season uh, it was great to get that number four class obviously with Arnold um, super extra sweet because Lincoln Riley was like oh yeah we can't recruit in Oklahoma and then you know we got the number four class which is higher than anything he ever got. Um, but actually, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Alex Grinch because I, I, was, I was seeing the tweets from your account actually like a little bit ago when, when they announced that they were hanging on and it was just like so much deja vu because obviously we held on to him season after season, but it hurt even more because it was actually the same thing before that with Mike Stoops. Season after season, you know, we retained him. And so it seems to be the same thing at USC, but what are your what are your thoughts on that? Oh boy, yeah. No, and it's funny too because there's multiple folks who tweet from this account and uh I actually didn't even tweet on Alex Grinch, but I agreed 100% with our uh policy on that. I was surprised they kept him around. I think sometimes you wonder, I mean, to be fair, as weird as it is, USC is also dealing kind of with what Oklahoma was and that hey, <laughs> he just got tossed with the whole new set of players while Obviously, uh, Lincoln Riley's an offensive guy, got to bring, you know, an incredible talent with him to be his quarterback and as well as, you know, poached, poached players from various locations to also build out that offense. Defense wasn't quite the same thing. And, and going into 
last season, it was well known that the defense wasn't going to be particularly good, but holy hell did it turn bad. Um, especially with those, those final losses to Utah and to uh, Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Those were just, those were just impossibly bad defenses. I think I could see Riley. I mean, obviously he has given Grinch another season, at least to sort of maybe put in a little bit more of his own system and bring in some players. I mean, they've had some transfers. Um, they've got, you know, Cobb, they've got Lucas Sullivan and bars uh, coming in on the defensive line. But I mean, he's going to be under a lot of pressure to perform and I will see how it goes uh, there. So I, but again, it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of Oklahoma fans were saying this is exactly what you guys were dealing with, with Grinch before Zach, you wanted to chime in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I, I just want to say one thing: uh, Oklahoma and Missouri still that's that's interesting. And I'm uh, I'm expose my team here a little bit, show my cards. Uh, it's not advantageous for my Tigers, but uh, one connection uh, to to the dots that nobody's quite made yet that uh, might be for uh, might make for a compelling uh, a look into. Maybe Dellinger needs to get on this, but uh, Ladamian Washington, the interim uh, Sooners uh, uh, wide receivers coach, was a massive, massive Missouri football guy. And uh, it, it just so happened that Theo Weiss, that uh, what, what, their, what was it, their number one or number two guy, had transferred to Missouri. It, 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 Peter, do you find that weird at all? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't following that super close. I remember when we lost Hazelwood to Arkansas, and then, yeah, Weiss transferred. And it was a little unusual because Weiss had, had – um, what's the word he had he had stayed after riley left he wasn't one of the guys who left after him he stayed for a year of venable so everyone was like oh like he's good he's loyal and then he left but yeah losing washington was big because he was a great coach coach mims and um you know all those great receivers um so yeah that was that was definitely a big loss it's a- I, man i just i i think it's a little weird it's a it, it, damian washington massive mizzou guy you know went to mizzou he played he played a, for the xfl team in st louis uh, great, great guy, but uh, maybe, maybe there was some collusion getting him to uh, flip to Missouri. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of wondering, uh, especially in the NIL realm, <laughs> with what's going on here and there. Then uh, we could totally get sidetracked by that. I wanted to get an opportunity to work to some of the other folks who joined us up here um, into the conversation. I guess let's see here. I know I let uh, Porter Byers PB up first. Would love to hear from you. Yeah, not not to keep things too focused on the Sooners but I I think uh I think they should watch out for SMU this year coming into Norman with a uh, an impeccable uh transfer class and uh be great to get a have the ponies get a win there uh before they join the the Pac-12 yeah they definitely looks like the Pac-12 is going to be a destination for them unless the whole conference manages to employ I mean it's so At the same time, and I mean, we could go through some of the headlines at at a later time, but I mean, it's been fascinating to watch the the knife fight that's coming between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I thought, I, I, everyone, I mean, after USC and UCLA bolted, it seemed like we were heading towards some showdown. And the question was, will Brett Yormark, who is just coming onto the job at the Big 12, be able to... uh, to hit the ground running. And certainly I would say he has. And I was optimistic the more I learned about him before he even took the job. You know, you listen to interviews with him when he was with the Nets. He seemed way 
more dynamic. I mean, he's, you know, he's an older, older guy, not super old, but like it was the complete opposite of other commissioners. It was like listening to somebody who deals with you. I mean, because it's the NBA. The NBA deals with a much younger audience and knows it. I mean, the NBA knows how to be kind of fun and interesting well before, oddly enough, college sports, even though it's full of young people, it is like the stodgiest short of the NFL, um, you know, and then to suddenly see him go in there and land there. I think that's he's kind of gone in there, guns blazing. I, I, I thought we'd see a reprieve when the pack probably when the uh, CFP agreed to expand because suddenly just, you know, being a conference champion seemed to pretty much guarantee you're booking a ticket to the CFP. I think if that didn't happen, it, this this battle would have happened potentially sooner. Um, speaking of the Sooners, haha, no, but uh, the uh, but now we're, we're seeing them uh, now we're seeing this still emerge. And I think part of it is this demand to expand. The Big 12 certainly seems to have pulled one on the Pac-12 and getting a good TV deal with ESPN locked in. And now the Pac-12 is kind of in the lurch and no one's sure what's going to happen there. But SMU and San Diego State certainly seem to be the folks heading there. And that game with the Sooners for SMU would certainly be one where they'd love to uh, love to get noticed immediately. Although, again, I, I, it's, it's still Oklahoma. It's still easy to say that. But, I mean, even a bad Oklahoma is is a pretty strong team and smu could do it and, and certainly they have the potential but of course you know it's rhett lashley it's his second season <laughs> his predecessor um was certainly as a, a, a hell of a coach and and it's it's not clear if uh i mean i wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say if this were obviously sunny dykes i'd be a little bit more optimistic but i think certainly they could pull it off and they they get a nice Soft start with Louisiana Tech before they take on the Sooners, so that should uh, that should keep them at full speed before they play that one. And uh, I'm I'm sorry. So, anyways, I've been kind of blathering on. Porter, are you a, are you a fan of SMU? Yeah, absolutely, big pony fan. And uh, you know, I think what we may see is an announcement this week with the uh, tournament uh, happening in Las Vegas. Uh, some kind of media rights deal with streaming. I think I heard Amazon and Apple are still at the table, so um, could could come at some point this week. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of kind of discussion of whether uh, um, uh, Klyovkov, I think that's how his name, his name said. I used to know it. It's kind of commissioner of the Pac-12. Yeah, he's right. gonna if he's gonna announce anything there. Um, I'm not sure. I could see them not wanting to distract too much from the tournament, especially heading into March Madness, but. You know, and, and again, they tend to play it a little more conservatively. I, I think he, they're still playing it a little bit more like an old-fashioned school. And, and that's a big question. Are they going to pull in Colorado State? That's the other one. And, and who would be a fourth school if they decide to expand to four? Um, but the media deal is, is definitely it. And San Diego State is going to be a key part of that. And so will Southern Methodist. Those two, SMU and San Diego State, we've talked about it before. I mean, you're bringing in the Metroplex, you're bringing in San Diego, and to a lesser extent, the Los Angeles area that was just completely lost to the Big Ten. Um, and that's what the networks care about. But yeah, it's all the one, and kind of going back to why some of these streaming deals are considered a little less desirable than the, um, the linear or terrestrial uh, deals, which are basically TV shows, where the TV channels, we're talking cable when we talk these things. The reason they're a little less desirable is, and, and uh, the best argument I've heard just from how people kind of consume media, 
people if you're using me if you're using a streaming you want to see something specific you're like going on to netflix you're going on to hulu you're going on amazon prime to see one thing to see something and not necessarily go around and see what sports are on but who knows things can change um but i know that's i think one of those those aspects that's kind of causing some pause when they're talking about you know kind of going towards this whole pac 12 thing before i forget there was an interesting um uh let's see it was actually um i think it was actually came out today uh where the um i'm sorry i'm looking for the the exact thing but yeah there it is so um Stuart Mandel uh, tweeted out that former ESPN president John Skipper, who negotiated the ACC's infamous 20-year deal, says that league should address its revenue problem by merging with the Pac-12 and creating another national sort of super conference. But we'd see where that would ever go. Um, But that was just one thing I wanted to throw out there since we're kind of talking about the Pac-12 and media deals. That one might sweeten it up a little bit certainly with if you've been listening to the rumbles in the acc last week we were talking about the fact that florida state has been rumbling that they want to see more uneven revenue distribution and they calculated they could pay the 120 million i don't know if they could pay it but it'd be 120 million dollars for them and their accounting to leave the acc and of course they're thinking how much would they make per year if they were to join say the sec and and make up for it but they're they're saying that to get some leverage to get uneven revenue distribution. And I know um, at the very least today there was a report that uh, North Carolina's uh, Cunningham has uh, kind of gone along with that idea and started to voice some support for it. But before we get too lost in the weeds, I also wanted to let a, the other person who's up here to have a chance to talk. Gamecock AP, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, no sorry, worries, sorry. Yeah. It's like a Zoom second. call okay, where you right. just start talking and everyone's just kind of like, so we can't see you. <laughs> it froze for like half a second. I don't know. How to, but uh, obviously, you, you know, I come in here a good bit. Um, enjoy the conversations. But uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to go after South Carolina, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about Oklahoma since that's been the topic. Um Actually, no, I'd rather change that to the Pac-12. Um, do you actually foresee that being a possibility? I, I just don't see that being a what, possibility. What, the ACC and Pac-12, Pac-12 merging? I just don't see yeah. that. With, especially with Apple and the money, it just doesn't add up for me. I don't – yeah, exactly. I don't know. I agree. I think it's unlikely. Uh, I think it was – I think this would – it's been tossed out before. I know even last summer we were starting to hear some suggestions that maybe – the leftovers of the Pac-12 merge with the ACC and kind of combine their 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 power to finally come up with something that could even dare compete. Clemson, again. Florida State will hate. <laughs> Clemson and Florida State will hate. Oh, they would. They absolutely would. And it would. I'm sure Oklahoma. Actually, I'm sure most of the teams wouldn't be thrilled with suddenly everyone has to cross the country at every. <laughs> You know, for every non-revenue sport, I mean, they'd obviously do pods or something for non-revenue, but I mean, it would be a brutal travel schedule for a lot of folks. And um, there's a lot of reasons it wouldn't work. And I think the only reason that one I think was interesting only because it came from the former president of ESPN, who their longtime former president, who has at least some level of kind of a, you know, his perspective isn't completely out of nowhere. Um, But I agree. I'm not sure it would work. Uh, but, you know, with as a lot of these things, if the money's there, 
there's people trying to calculate that. And if they can work it out so that suddenly, you know, makes a proposal where, hey, all of these schools are still going to make X, you know, how, however many millions of dollars and great. But the Pac-12 doesn't look good now because why would the ACC teams want to join this conference that's suddenly having trouble getting anyone to give them a decent media deal? That's the other big question in all of it. I mean, uh, that one I'm a little more hesitant to say because, I mean, we could see. It's still being rumored, although, again, it's it's fairly quiet. And we have to say that with a grain of salt because things were super quiet before abruptly last summer we found out USC and UCLA were leaving. That was still astounds me to this day how quiet they kept that. But there is some rumor still that the Big Ten could still look for a couple of more teams, certainly Oklahoma and Washington, probably not Oklahoma, sorry, yeah. Excuse me. Oregon and Washington would be the two they would look for. Um, although one of the things that's being mentioned, again, in ru purely rumors at this point, was that the teams, if they were to come in, uh, if they were to bring Oklahoma, probably, oh, why do I keep saying that? Wrong. It's oh, it's UO, not OU. Um, if they bring in Oregon, they would uh, they would have to. Uh, and in Washington, they those two teams might not get the full payout. I assume they mean that temporarily. I would be shocked if those two teams were brought in and yeah. told you're never going to make the full amount. They would never join. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I could see them saying taking a hit for just a few years and happily then diving into the money bin with the rest of the teams. Stack, I know you wanted to add something to that. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm just wondering why why Colorado isn't like being considered that it's closer to the Big Ten, it has uh, it was involved obviously in the Big 12 for a while, so it's got some connections to at least closer to the Midwest and it seems like a program that's that's willing to get some money out now especially with uh, with Dion, um, but man, I also I just want to say RIP Pac-12 after dark, man, that's, if it's going to go on Apple or something, I mean uh, that man, that's really going to suck because I, I really enjoy, you know watching the uh, Apple Cup at, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the one thing that harms Colorado, again, it really it amounts to TV market, and Denver has never been a huge media market. That's that's what hurts them ultimately. You know, and it's well, funny, too, because I was reading a good article um, in The Athletic by Chris Vanini where he was just breaking down some of the funky contracts that have been uh, written for the new he was just looking over all the new head coaching contracts and Deion Sanders is was kind of a little more detailed because he has a whole fee not a fiasco but he has a really complicated one over the fact that Colorado's been a Nike school since 95 and the only reason you got me thinking about that is because 95 is when Colorado was a real power like Colorado those who don't remember when Colorado was a real national power and just a terrifying school to have on your schedule so I think yeah, they only won. They only won because of the fifth down. Though, so, <laughs> yes, know, I know that's man. a bitter fifth one for a Mizzou down. fan. But then, anyways, they brought up uh, Dion because he's an Under Armour guy. But they had to have this whole thing in his employment contract about avoiding he he will promote Nike, but they're also said the school will not consider his Under Armour deal a um, a violation or anything like that. Uh, that's the that's the fact that I'm a lawyer. Kind of, I, I'm gonna I find that interesting. I'm gonna go back to talking about the conferences because it's a little. Hey, Reddit, do you know when his, when his contract with uh, Under Armour ends? You know, it doesn't say when that ends, but it does say that the Nike contract comes up for renewal in 2025, mid 2025. So I'm not sure how they've got the arrangements with that. Actually. 
Looks like, yeah, no. So it, it isn't clear um, when that, how that agreement with between Under Armour and Sanders is arranged. Um, if it, how often I, it does that doesn't come off probably because, and I, the reason they were able to get this information was because Col Colorado is a public university, so they had to give them the contract. So in that deal between Sanders and Under Armour would would not be something he would have to to share. Um, did you have? Do you wanted to add something to that? Well, and the reason I mostly ask about that is South Carolina as an Under Armour school, which we hate being an Under Armour school for obvious reasons. Um, it, it, it's also confusing as to where we exactly get out with ours. Um, we think we've narrowed it down, but we're not certain. <laughs> Fans um, like kind of try. It's so funny, too, because those should be public knowledge. Like you guys should be able to do uh, at worst, uh, um, you know, a, a public records request and, and uh, uh, get the. Well, I. I is the issue like when can we legit like when can we uh what's the word i'm looking for logically pay the buyout um and it not completely hurt us i, I think that's the best way to word it i don't think that's entirely correct no 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 that makes sense no. that does gosh it's so funny remember when under armor was cool <laughs> yeah when we signed the contract yeah, and it's so funny because it, it, this whole thing with sanders and under armor is apparently because he's really mad at nike for something that happened a long time ago because he used to be a nike athlete but uh, the, anyways, all of that came up. But um, just to kind of step back to kind of we were talking about the, the conference moves again, if Colorado was still where it was in that era of the early mid 90s, I think they would be more desirable than they are now. I think they would be like Oregon because the Portland media market is, is teensy compared to a lot of these others. But it helps that Oregon's been such a strong power, you know, for so long. I think that's that if, if you brought up, I mean, that's a really, the more I think about it, fact, it, it's a great point you brought up because I think if the, if we were looking at those same teams in the early nineties, it would be Colorado and not Oregon. That would be attractive because Oregon in the early nineties, eh, you know, but Colorado was this dynamic power. And you could say, at least you were bringing Denver if they were still looking at it in that kind of media market kind of look, but no, that was a, that was a great point. You know, guys. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's just it's it seems like it makes sense, especially with Nebraska being ex ex Big Twelve now Big Ten. You know, there's there's some history with that, especially location wise. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's the Colorado's. It's it's the deal would be worthless for for the Big Ten, especially with Oregon. That's a far larger national brand nowadays. I think we're all going to be waiting to see if the Big 12 is going to make some offer at those four corner schools and potentially poach them away. And I think that's that's the big thing haunting all of these TV deals. And actually, one thing that you mentioned was Pac-12 after dark. One of the more interesting takes I've read on that is ESPN doesn't care that much about it because they can always throw a Mountain West after dark game up there. And, and a lot of people won't really complain. Um, at least some of the casual viewers. So I think that's the question. We, we've packed 12 after dark would survive if it's on, because if it's on Apple TV, I mean, you really would have to want to watch the game and know it's on versus kind of, as you said, like, Oh wow, it's an Apple cup. This is going to be great. You know, we'd have to see about that. But, um, Oh, one other funny thing that kind of came up with that, that contract was the, uh, with Dion and Colorado is he gets to keep his trademarks that he comes up with. So I was looking at their schedule. They start at TCU. So it'd be funny if the first trademark he comes up with is, Oh my God, we got our ass kicked by the frogs or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> Colorado be like, you can keep that trademark, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, um, 
it's been about 30 minutes. We, these are off-season talks. We like to wrap them up nice and tight at about 30. We'll do this again every Tuesday night. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up. I wanted to thank all of you for joining us. This was a great conversation. It was nice to have all of you join so soon. This is RCFB Talk 129. My name's Bob Ekhairi. I hope you all have a nice rest of your week in the offseason, and we're getting one week closer to the college football season. So take care, everyone. Now I'm going to hang up and listen. Go ponies. M-I-Z, baby. <laughs>